Hey everyone, this is Allison. And this is Courtney. And you are listening to Murder Porn. Yay! I like throw my arms around and nobody's here. That's fine. One of these days we're going to throw up a camera here and you can we're gonna record do that some snippety snips. Yeah, we're going to do that eventually. I've got the ring light. I don't yeah. know that a ring light will help us much down here, but... <laughs> no, I don't know. But it'll be... Like, maybe we can put that on our... Um, Patreon? Patreon. You can watch us. I don't know why. Boop, 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 boop. That actually sounded really dirty. You can watch us. For a fee. <laughs> you can watch us. <laughs> You're a creep. <laughs> it's because I'm tired. We could set up an OnlyFans. Uh, just to watch our podcast right there was actually there was a girl on tiktok who's uh does like fitness stuff and her tiktoks kept getting taken down for like dumbass reason because she was wearing a a sports bra and and yoga pants yeah so she started to like she started an OnlyFans just to put her fitness stuff on. She's yeah. like, well, they oh, won't you're take showing th- your midriff. Yeah, she won't. She's like, they won't take my shit down. So, like, why yeah. not? No, I agree. Like, why not? Well, and there's like a very valid like fee structure that you can set up just like Patreon. Well, and OnlyFans is trying to kind of expand right. their market. So, right. well, and then so I can't remember what it was that I was like looking at OnlyFans, not obviously to do like anything pornographic sexy tap you want some feet pics feet (laughs) pics i actually thought to myself like while i was like uh doing the stay-at-home mom thing i was like i wonder if i would ever get hired by a job if i was like doing OnlyFans and just taking pictures of my feet they would never know well apparently they can pull up your your uh social security number and it you don't put your social security number into OnlyFans. you do if you get paid taxes Taxes. Taxes get you. Gross. So that's why I was like, I don't know if I'll ever be respected. I don't really think that there's a, there's a, I don't think that's a thing, girl. I don't think that's a thing. I don't know. There's been jobs that have. It'd have to be like a super legit background check. Normally all they pull is your credit and your rap sheet. (laughs) Maybe I should ask my job. (laughs) Can you tell me what my credit score is? So, quick question. Um, I'm thinking about making, doing a side hustle, uh, taking some fit, feet pics. Right? Is that okay? We good for that? We, we good? I mean, I don't have to, but like. I've. You know, it's funny. I think that that, that has probably crossed every person's mind ever. Do you think people would buy my feet pics? <laughs> I actually, I think I have nice feet. So I, I agree same when i when i have nail polish on and my feet have been like all mm-hmm. niced up mm-hmm. i think i could sell some feet pics i think so too also like i have um a mutation on my <laughs> little toes where they look like um um what's the guy's name in the goonies that's like hey you guys oh. <laughs> i think my little toes look like him Look at them! Look at them! I see it. There's like no toenail. It's like a sliver. Hey, you guys! <laughs> what the fuck is that character's name? It's not Chunk. That's the kid's name. I keep wanting to say Sloth, but I that is it. Is it? I think okay. so. Sloth. Googling. <laughs> Do you know how many times we've Googled today? stupid shit that we should know but we (laughs) apparently don't people will probably listen to this and go they're voters and they don't know this shit that's what i thought he's italian too his last name's fratelli (laughs) i knew that i knew that they were italian this is my allison de stefano with her fratelli toe (laughs) (laughs) i looked it up though i learned that it's actually a uh popular polish mutation it's a recessive trait so my toe like my my little baby toe is like crooked and i think it's from constantly breaking it oh like hitting door frames it's like here owie oh it just has a callus on it girl no that's like actually bone oh shit (laughs) i didn't know you had a tattoo on your foot that's cute yeah, I got that in college. Pretty. 
Okay, now that everybody knows about our fucking feet. Yeah, we've sat and talked about our feet. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to murder porn, guys. (laughs) This is the porn version part of that show. (laughs) (laughs) It's all the porn you're getting. Sorry. That's that's all you're getting. That's all you're getting. So Brandon said to me the other day, I was laughing about it. Um, So Brandon said to me the other day, we were talking about murder porn and he goes i wouldn't be surprised if you have gotten um some he's telling me his hacienda order he's the biggest fucking man child (laughs) anyway so he goes um wouldn't be surprised if people have like found your podcast and listened to it thinking it's actual like oh, snuff. for sure. Like snuff. snuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because people have some weird kinks. Yeah, that's valid. Like he said that and I was like, maybe they were like thinking that's what it was and they started watch- <laughs> listening to it and then they were like, this isn't what I wanted. And then they kept listening and they're like, but this is pretty dope. And now they love us. <laughs> that's how we got 90% of our listeners. <laughs> they thought we were porn. <laughs> I've barely slept in the last 48 hours I worked the last two nights so I'm a little goofy <laughs> no I haven't been drinking I'm just tired yeah I know right we're over I'm drinking I have, <laughs> See I have coffee drink. I have coffee and then I have water and then I have a pop which by the way these pop culture sodas are fucking delicious and do you have a poppy p-o-p-p-i I think yeah those are so good they're probiotic sodas they don't pay us I'm just telling you they're delightful I'm going to be pooping well tonight. Excuse me while I fucking laugh soda out my nose. (laughs) I told you, I'm like really weird. Like, do you remember when SNL used to do the skits on um, Jamie Lee Curtis's Activa commercials? (laughs) No. Where she like shits her pants constantly. for today all right have a great day <laughs> jk and anyway. i do have a story to yeah. tell i promise <laughs> so we're we're in our halloween stuff which yeah it should be scary and so spooky but it is a halloween poop themed episode for today super stoked <laughs> courtney does not know what it was it is um funny there's no shitting involved in this story i'm sorry and no feet either so we're very off topic. <laughs> I have the giggles. <laughs> You're going to say something like, oh, and then he came out of the corn and I'm just going to be like laughing. Courtney. Have you seen the TikToks? With the corn? No. With the, it's like. I haven't been on TikTok and I probably don't know shit about current events right now because I haven't been on TikTok. That's how I get my news. Just kidding. That's, but that's like, I think that's a lot of people now. Yeah, maybe. It's weird. I like the under the desk news. Oh yeah, I love that one. Um, so before I start on today's story, um, I would like you all to venture over to the homepage and hit subscribe or follow, like the show, make sure that it's automatically downloading every time a new episode comes out. Yeah. Go ahead and share this with your fellow crime addicts, crimeaholics, please. And if there's an option to give us a five-star rating, please do so to increase our visibility on the mm-hmm. platform. Yes. That was my professionalism for the day. We, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So as I was writing this story, I had a lot of very personal thoughts that I tended to like type out and include in the story. <laughs> so here we go, y'all. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Ronald Clark O'Brien was your typical suburban Texas father. As usual, he was the last person you would ever expect to commit a serious crime. He lived in Deer Park, Texas. He was faithfully married to Daneen. They had two children, one boy and one girl. He was an optician, well-liked by his co-workers and patients alike, and he was a deacon at their church where he sang in the choir and led the local bus program. Hmm. Picture fucking perfect. Picture fucking perfect. 
He was devoted to his family, he gave us all at his job, and he was a God-fearing standout participant in their place of worship. Why are the worst ones always extremely involved in the community in their church? I don't know. Gacy vibes, anyone? I was about to say Gacy. Yeah. Three names. Red flag. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, Ronald and Daneen's son, Timothy, was born on April 5th, 1966. And three years later came their daughter, Elizabeth. When I think of Ronald, I think of a creature of complete habit, as men tend to be, as people with this type of personality tend to be. I imagine that every morning his wife woke up and then woke him up. She got the kids around and made breakfast while he showered and got ready for work. I imagine that he had a work uniform of khakis, a long sleeve button down shirt, and a white lab coat. He probably went downstairs, grabbed a quick breakfast with his wife and children, who were already waiting there for him, kissed, kissed each child on the head and his wife on the cheek, then left for his work commute. He probably left the house at the same time every morning and got to work at the same time every day. It was about a 20-minute drive from their house in Deer Park to Texas State Optical in Sharpstown. His entire day was planned to a T, but this made it nice because his staff could anticipate his needs for the day very successfully. Ronald probably left work at the same time every day, went straight home, ate dinner, had a drink and watched the news, and then went to bed every single night at the same exact time, only to get up the next day and do it all again. Fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> so boring. Uh, I imagine his weekends were much the same as his weekdays. Very routine. What people didn't know was that underneath that expertly designed exterior appear appearance was a man who was drowning in debt. Around $100,000 to be exact. That's, that's when it's never good. Yeah, he was at a point of desperation. When I say he was willing to do anything to alleviate this burden, I mean anything. Flash forward to Halloween 1974. Ronald and his neighbor, Jim Bates, both took all of their children to a Bas Pasadena neighborhood for trick-or-treating. Bates said that he would wait on the sidewalk and Ronald would walk up to the doors with the kids. One time they went up to a house where the front door was concealed by like a privacy wall and no one answered that door apparently. The children got impatient and ran ahead to the next house and Ronald lagged behind somewhat. At some point, he caught up to the group and had five of those 21-inch tall pixie sticks, which he said he got from the house that they had run away from after thinking that they weren't home. As any children would be, the four kids were stoked. It's like hitting the Halloween mother load. Think full-size candy bar mother load. Shortly after that, it began to rain, so they had to end their night earlier than expected and head home. At the end of the night, Ronald made sure to give one pixie stick to each of the two neighbor children, as well as to Timothy and Elizabeth. He also gave one to another neighbor child, a 10-year-old boy he recognized from church, who was passing by when they got home. They all went inside, the kids got ready for bed, and as every single child who has ever trick-or-treated has always done, Timothy asked to eat some of his candy before bed. His parents told him that he could choose one piece of candy, as parents do. Timmy, Timothy ended up choosing the pixie stick. He ripped the top off by biting into the plastic with his teeth and tearing it off. He, went, he was getting irritated, however, and impatient because he was having a hard time getting the contacts to actually like pour out of the tube. It had hardened in there for some reason. So he took it to his dad for help, and Ronald sort of like rolled the stick back and forth between his hands to break apart and lo loosen the sugary candy for Timothy. Then, with eyes the size of saucers, Timothy tipped his head back and let gravity work its magic as the contents of the tube slid into his mouth. After the first taste of candy, Timothy made a cringy face. It didn't have the sweet taste of victory that he expected. He told his dad that it tasted funny, kind of bitter. So his dad took him to the kitchen and gave him some Kool-Aid to wash the nasty taste out of his mouth. Within seconds, 
Timothy began to complain that his stomach was hurting and ran to the bathroom, making it just as t- in time as he began vomiting and sweating profusely. <laughs> his dad rushed in to help him, and he held him up as he was vomiting, and then said that Timothy suddenly went completely limp and started convulsing. And then he went limp again. Ronald and uh, Danine hastily called 911, and an ambulance arrived within minutes because they were already nearby. Unfortunately, it didn't matter. Timothy passed away en route to the hospital, less than an hour after eating the candy. Suddenly, unexpectedly, and horribly. <laughs> the autopsy revealed that Timothy had ingested potassium cyanide. Oh! Potassium cyanide is a colorless, crystalline salt, similar in appearance to sugar, and is highly soluble in water. Potassium cyanide is highly toxic. The moist solid emits small amounts of hydrogen cyanide due to hydrolysis, which smells like bitter almonds. Not everyone, however, can smell this. The ability to smell it is actually genetic. Believe it or not, I knew that. Really? Is that, that's weird. Yay, science. <laughs> <laughs> so the taste of potassium cyanide has been described as acrid and bitter with a burning sensation t- similar to like eating lye. Ew. Yeah. I don't know how they would know that. Like, are they tasting it and describing what it tastes like as they die? <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, it was extensively used by high-ranking Nazi officials to commit suicide in the last days of World War II, such as Hermann Göring, who took a capsule the night before his execution. That's a pretty famous one. Um, potassium cyanide is a potent inhibitor of cellular respira- respiration, acting on mitochondrial cytochrome C oxidase, hence blocking oxidative phosphorylation. Lactic acidosis then occurs as a consequence of anaerobic metabolism. Initially, acute cyanide poisoning causes a red or ruddy complexion in the victim because the tissues are not able to use the oxygen in the blood. Mm -hmm. The effects of potassium cyanide and sodium cyanide are identical, and symptoms of poisoning typically occur within a few minutes of ingesting the substance. The person loses consciousness, and brain death eventually follows. During this period, the victim may suffer convulsions. Death is caused by cerebral hypoxia, or lack of oxygen to the brain. A number of prominent persons were killed or famously committed suicide using potassium cyanide, which may be the reason the perpetrator thought to use this specific poison. Obviously, what happened next is that the entire town went into a panic about what was in their children's trick-or-treat stashes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Many parents even turned all of their candy into police, fearing that it was laced with poison. I would, too. The investigation, <laughs> however, didn't take very long. Timothy had only ingested one thing that night that could have been the culprit. The pixie stick. I would be so... No. <laughs> yeah. And where did he get that pixie stick from? His own father. And where did his father get it from? Turns out, he couldn't remember which house. Fortunately, he did remember he got five of them, and who he gave all five of them to. Each of the remaining four sticks was collected by police. The parents of the fifth child, the boy Ronald recognized from church, freaked out when they couldn't find the pixie stick their son was given. After being notified by the police, the parents rushed upstairs to find their son asleep, holding the unconsumed candy. Turns out the boy had been able to unopen the staples that were used to reseal the 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 pixie stick shut. Yeah, huge. Red yeah, flag. dodged a bullet, man. Yeah, dodged a fucking bullet. So upon investigation, it was evident that all five of the pixie sticks had been opened with the top two inches filled with cyanide powder and resealed with a staple, a fucking staple. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. (laughs) According to a pathologist who tested the pixie sticks, the candy consumed by Timothy contained enough cyanide to kill two adults. Oh, and the other four candies contained enough to kill three to four adults. What the hell? The ones that were just like, uh. Let's just overdo it. Makes me so sick. Yeah. No, he was like trying to like make sure the job is done. Like nobody's lingering after this. Dead is dead, guys. Dead is dead. Yeah. 
can't get any more dead. <laughs> Police initially became suspicious because Ronald couldn't remember which house he'd gotten the pixie sticks from. Even though they only trick-or-treated on two streets that night because it started raining. So, as diligent investigators do, the police canvassed the streets that they trick-or-treated on. They knocked on every single door, and not one of them reported giving away any pixie sticks that year. Hmm. So, you know what the cops did next? This part makes me giggle. (laughs) (laughs) The cops took Ronald O'Brien out to the neighborhood with them and made him walk the streets to see if he could remember which house it was. They made him walk that fucking circuit three times. Three times. Basically walked him in circles. And finally, he led them to the house where no one had answered the door. And the kids, like, ran away from. And then the person came to the door later. Remember? Yeah. Where they couldn't see it because it was concealed by a privacy wall. Right. Ronald stated that he went back there before catching up with the group. He said that the owner of the home didn't even turn the lights on, but he cracked the door slightly and handed him five pixie sticks. He claimed that he didn't even see the man's face, only his arm, which he described as hairy. Huh. Okay. This guy's fucking... Police discovered that the home was owned by a man named Courtney Melvin. Why does it have to be Courtney? (laughs) It's a man named Courtney, though. You know, that's one of the things I hate about my name. I like it. Like, I oh. Like androgyny. Courtney. Courtney. <laughs> Male or female. Yeah. <laughs> Malvin was an air traffic controller at William P. Hubby Airport and did not even get home from work until 11 p.m. on Halloween night. Police ruled Melvin out as a suspect very quickly when over 200 people confirmed that he had been at work that night. Huh. <laughs> The only other logical direction the police had to turn to was Ronald himself. So they began digging into his background to see if he had any kind of motive to murder his own eight-year-old son. What they found is that he was buried under over $100,000 of debt, which is over $600,000 in today's money. Mm. Yeah. They also discovered that he had had a hard time holding down a job for some reason. In the 10 years preceding the crime, O'Brien had held 21 jobs. Oh. That's slightly over two jobs a year. Ridiculous. That's a lot. At the time of the investigation, he was actually suspected of theft at his job at the Texas State Optical. And he was close to being fired there as well. His car was about to be repossessed. He had defaulted on several bank loans and the family home had been foreclosed on. Like, how the fuck did he even get access to this much credit is what I want to know. And also, what's he doing with his paychecks? How long ago was this again? This was in um, the 60s. There wasn't a credit score. Oh, this prior. was in the 70s, I think. 74? I, uh, I can't remember when credit became an actual thing, but apparently back in... The, that's one of the things they talk about with boomers and how boomers had it easy is because credit scores really weren't a huge thing. That sucks. Now you live and die by your credit score. Basically. Basically. That sucks. So, like, basically, if you had money, the, or a little bit, I know, I'm sitting here, You're like, fine. eating my cold fr- foam. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm savoring this. <laughs> anyway, th- that's one of the things, like, oh, hey, congratulations, you you got a house. Doesn't mean if you don't pay your debt off. Well, I know for a fact, like, that up until 2008, you barely, you didn't even have to have a fucking down payment to get a house. Basically. Like, you could get a house with zero down. And mm-hmm. then, like, banks would even cover the closing costs or waive them or whatever. Yeah. So, it was, now you need now since 2008 since the bubble burst you need to have uh, 20% down if it's a regular loan and if it's an FHA loan it's three and a half percent you forgot your firstborn too oh yeah and also a urine and blood sample uh-huh maybe a hair as well and your kidney <laughs> potentially <laughs> I mean good thing you you'd only need one of those really you have two <laughs> just give them the one, one that doesn't work as well you can give them half your liver that'll regenerate itself that's a really risky surgery because there's a potential that you could end up bleeding out because there's a lot of honestly i think he probably would have been better off dead probably (laughs) his kid certainly would have 
too soon. <laughs> <laughs> then police discovered that O'Brien had taken out life insurance policies on both of his children in no. the preceding Timothy's death. Yeah. So Why? get this. Get this. In January 1974, he had taken out $10,000, which is equivalent to $60,000 today, in life insurance policies on both of his children. That's insane. Yeah. One month before Timothy's death, O'Brien went in and took out an additional $20,000 in policies on both of his kids. That's sketch. Yeah. And then, despite the objections of his life insurance agency, in the days preceding Timothy's death, O'Brien had taken out yet another $20,000 policy on each child. So he had $50,000 on each kid. That's, that doesn't scream red flag. Oh, big fucking, big fucking red flag. The various policies totaled about 60 grand. Oh, 50 grand, I'm sorry. Uh, which is about $360,000 in today's money. On two fucking kids. That's, no. Well, I mean... Like, back then, why would you need that much? You don't. O'Brien's wife maintained that she did not know anything about the insurance policies on her children's lives. And I, I actually believe that, that she was a clueless bystander in all of this. You have to remember, like, this is a time when women stayed home and they took care of the children and they took mm-hmm. care of the house. The men handled the money. Denine probably had no idea how much her husband even made. She probably had no clue what he was, why he was about to be fired again or even why he had lost so many jobs in the past. Ronald probably lied to her consistently about what was going on. Oh, probably. She was probably completely oblivious to the repossession of the vehicle and the foreclosure of the home as well. She was likely totally blindsided by all of this. Could you fucking imagine? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. Her life literally fucking fell apart underneath her. Yeah, that would be terrible. I'm yeah. Losing a kid on top of... It. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Men were typically the ones who, t- like, took care of insurance and as well as selling the shur- insurance as well. So it was typically, like... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> insurance used to be pretty lucrative. Like, if you're an insurance agent, like, that was super lucrative. Yeah. Coming from a background where I sold life insurance, I can tell you that parents never want to take out life insurance policies on their own children. They don't even want to discuss it because it would mean admitting the mortality of their kids and that terrible things do happen. I, I hate to say it. It's it's not wrong. No, I know. Uh, it's not. Because That's why I said it. I'm like, ter- <laughs> like, I'm terrified to get a life insurance policy on any of my kids because it's admitting that they're like they could die before me. Yeah. I just would say, like, think about it logically. Think about how much a funeral costs. Yeah. And I think know. about how devastated you would be that you would need to take time off work and you're going to want to be able to pay your bills during that time. Yeah. I, I mean, I know. I know logically. But I looked this up. I just wanted to double check. The FICO credit score was introduced in 1989. Two years after I was born. Mm-hmm. I knew it was in the 80s. I just didn't know when. But yeah, the FICO credit score was not a thing until 1989. So that's how he was able... I honestly think that... The whole credit score system needs to be, like, refabricated. A-, a lot of things do in this country, actually. Like, I feel like this country is, like, almost antiquated in the things, like, in the way that it runs in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Like, we are so behind in, like, equality issues, um, credit issues, like, e- the way women are treated medically and people of color are treated medically. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a, a lot of shit that this country does very wrong. I mean, we still fucking govern this entire country based on a fucking document that was written 200 years ago. Yeah. So. It was supposed to be revamped every 20 years, supposedly. Yeah. But Jackson said that. Never happened. That was, ag- no, legit, that's true. But it, but the, here's the thing, I actually think about this and I'm like, uh, in this day and age, like, would we have been able to revamp it? Like, would we have come up with anything, like, on mutual ground in order to revamp it? Not today, but maybe, like, probably prior, back, yeah. prior to 2016, maybe? Probably. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, I think, yeah, we could have co- we could have constitutionalized abortion rights. We could have constitutionalized, um, you know, health care we could have constitutionalized a lot of fucking things that are missing. Mm-hmm. It's called a fucking amendment. There's a lot of them. We can add more. Yeah. Ratify that shit. 
boom, boom, fix it. That's what I got to say about that. Anyways. So, as I was saying, men were typically the ones who took care of the insurance as well. Um, parents don't even want to talk about getting life insurance for their kids because they don't want to admit that something terrible could happen to their kid. And if you can get your kid to take out a policy, or if you can get them to take out a policy on their kid, it's typically a permanent policy that can be turned over to the child when they come of age or used as a savings conduit or it's a bare minimum policy which is considered a casket policy or a final expense policy typically it would barely be enough to even pay for a funeral now knowing as well how the insurance industry works and how selling life insurance can be lucrative and that you are incentivized not typically by the dollar amount of the insurance you sell by the number of policies that you sell I would also venture to guess that if the insurance agent did advise against purchasing the policies at the time or the need for the policies, it was probably only a slight comment in passing as they were likely probably thinking more about their goals and incentives than the waste of money or red flags that were being set up by Rob Ronald O'Brien purchasing yeah, not that's... one, not two, but three life insurance policies on his completely healthy very young children in the course of one year red flags galore this guy's a piece of shit but would these people have like even sat in in that day and age and like thought to themselves that somebody was going to do something like that a woman would i guarantee you if it was a woman selling that life insurance they would have just had all of the negative intuition well women in general are like more intuitive more more intuitive and also they're like more like they think more about crimes it's generally i think just because we don't feel safe well the man was thinking um um, i don't know this i my guess is that the person was thinking more about what they were getting paid on it what their goal for number of policies was sold and how this was going to help them right more than what a woman typically thinks about is like your actual needs women tend to be more nurturing or caring they think things through a little bit more Mm -hmm. so if it was a woman i stand by this it would have been it would have been reported yeah so as if that weren't motive enough police also learned that on the morning after timothy's death o'brien called his insurance company to inquire about collecting the policies he had taken out on his son oh my god homeboy didn't even wait 24 hours Jeez. What a piece of fucking shit, dude. I can't handle it. This guy is like almost textbook. Almost textbook sociopath. So then comes the cherry on top of this murder Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the investigators then learned that O'Brien had visited a chemical supply store in Houston to buy cyanide shortly before Halloween. <laughs> They found out that he left without purchasing anything after he figured out that the smallest amount available to purchase was five pounds. He doesn't need five pounds. He needs like... Right. Half a pound, quarter of a pound. That's not enough? No. That gives me total, like, um, Lizzie Borden vibes, though. Mm-hmm. Because remember, they suspected that they were all being poisoned by the, f- the stew. They were all sick from it or whatever. Anyways. On a totally unrelated note, do you remember when we were in high school, um, the story, were you in honors chemistry? I was an AP chem for a, yeah. Yeah. Miss, Miss Short. Yeah. Did you, did she ever tell you guys about how there was so much cyanide in when she took over the chem lab in the chem lab? that it was like enough that if it would have been dumped into the water supply it would have killed like half of our town no shit (laughs) i never heard that that's crackers dude yeah i remember that story very vividly it was like the person there's certain things that just stick with you (laughs) apparently she had to report this it became a huge thing because it's a lot of cyanide what the fuck was the person before her doing made me wonder yeah made me wonder i was thinking maybe about this. for rats i don't know i mean there probably weren't any rats in the school at that point in time just saying i don't know i it made me wonder dude when we were there that fucking school was so nasty cockroaches it probably still rats. is nasty it's probably worse now yeah anyway. 
totally unrelated note what? uh <laughs> that that's that's the story yeah so anyways ronald left because he didn't need five pounds <laughs> he didn't want to waste the extra money on the five pounds <laughs> not enough <laughs> Police began to suspect Ronald O'Brien had laced the candies with poison in an effort to kill his children so he could collect on their life insurance policies. They believe that he then gave the other children poison candy in an effort to cover up his own crime. To make it look like it was a mass poisoning instead of targeted simply at his child. That makes sense. Yeah. Police repeatedly questioned O'Brien, but he maintained his innocence the entire time. I hate this guy so much. (laughs) I didn't do it. I would never. I love my children. I love my baby. I am a deacon at the church. I sing in the choir. Right. <laughs> Why? Why is it these type of people? I mean, this is total Gacy vibes for me because mm-hmm. he was like a big part of his church right. and a big part of the community. And people saw him as like a very good doer. Like and it was a huge deal. Turns out the motherfucker had already been fucking prosecuted for molesting and raping a child and was mm-hmm. in jail already before any of this. Yeah, he should have never Dude, been Gacy was like literally irredeemable. Like he was such a piece of shit. Ugh, I like almost can't even talk about it. I hate him so much. He's probably one of the ones that like when I hear his name or think about him, like I instantly get this feeling of like absolute, just like disgust. He disgusts me. Yeah. He's, it's, it's, it's just, he's like targeting young men because he definitely had like a lot of repressed. Oh, but he's not gay though. You know? No, he's not. He just Mm -mm. fucks men. Mm -mm. Whatever, dude. Who gives a fuck? That's always everybody's like, I'm not gay, but I've done. It's like, sir, you live, you live in Chicago. Nobody gives a shit. If you like boys, there is a whole neighborhood for people like you. Exactly. (laughs) Which also is probably like the most fun place in Chicago, like Wrigleyville Boys Town area. Just saying. Oh, I bet. All right. So, um. Although police never discovered when or where O'Brien bought the poison, they still thought that they had enough evidence, and he was arrested for Timothy's murder on November 5th, 1974. He was then indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Capital murder, or a capital offense, means that this crime is eligible for a death penalty sentence. Yeah. And you all know how much Texas loves that death penalty. Oh, yeah, they love it. String them up, boys! (laughs) That's that's the one kind of good thing about Texas. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, as you all probably guessed, O'Brien entered a plea of not guilty to all five counts. Because he's a fucking coward piece of shit. The trial was held in Houston and began on May 5th, 1975. During the trial, a chemist who was acquainted with O'Brien testified that in the summer of 1973 o'brien contacted him asking about cyanide and how much it would take to be fatal a chemical supply salesman also testified that months before timothy's death o'brien showed an unusual interest in cyanide and spoke about how much it would take to kill a person friends and co-workers testified the same Wow. As if that weren't enough, Ronald's own sister-in-law and brother-in-law testified that on the day of Timothy's funeral, he was going around talking about using that money from Timothy's insurance policies to take a long vacation and buy, like, a bunch of luxury items. Okay. One, that's completely tasteless and heartless. And two, what the hell about all the debt he needs to pay off so he can keep his car in his house? I was also like, thinking that too. I was fuck, like, dude, I'm guessing decisions like this are what got you into this position in the first place, exactly. you twat monster. <laughs> Fucking hate this guy so much. <laughs> Furthermore, his own wife rejected the claim that Timothy chose the pixie stick for himself, stating that Ronald had, in fact, like, chose it for him. Like, sort of was like, here, eat this one, or here, you can have this one. It wasn't a random choice. Like, he kid had no patience at all. Like, he was like, we're going to get this done right now. Boom. 
if he were smart, he would have waited until one of the other kids ate it and then had his kid eat his. Because then it would have been a lot easier to cover up. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, just saying. Don't go doing that or anything. Yeah, we're not giving you (laughs) ideas. Please don't. (laughs) Learning from other people's mistakes. Yeah. (laughs) This isn't a playbook. This is just, you know, entertainment. Probably the smarter (laughs) way. But, you know. Don't do as we say. Or as we do. (laughs) So even after all of that, O'Brien continued to maintain his innocence. His defense mainly drew upon the decades-old urban legend concerning, like, a mad poisoner who uh, hands out Halloween candy laced with, like, poison or needles or, like, candy apples with razor blades inserted. And these stories have persisted despite the fact that there are literally no documented instances of strangers poisoning Halloween candy. None. So, basically, his entire defense was based on things that had never happened. Fucking moron. Hmm. fucking more his fucking attorneys were moronic too but i guess they really didn't have a leg to stand on a homeboy should have just pled guilty and saved us all (laughs) the time and effort and money like no shit so the case in subsequent trial trial obviously garnered garnered national attention and the press dubbed o'brien the candy man or the man who killed halloween he is worthy of neither moniker in my opinion yeah (laughs) like Homeboy did not kill Halloween. Homeboy just freaked some people out for a moment. Right. And um, the Candyman, he does not live up to that standard. Mm-mm. No way. Also, like, if you guys haven't seen the remake of Candyman, that sh- it's fucking good, dude. Oh, really? It's really good. Um, so on, jo- on June 3rd, 1975, a jury took only 46 minutes to find O'Brien guilty of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Bad bitch. The jury then took only an additional 71 minutes to sentence him to death by electrocution. Bad bitch. Probably the dumbest criminal in history. <laughs> like, legit. <laughs> he, like, why didn't he just go up to the library and look up cyanide instead of asking seven people who then were witnesses? Why didn't he just keep his fucking mouth shut? But unfortunately, in in all of that process, he ended up killing guys a fucking his moron. own damn child. Shortly after he was convicted, his wife filed for divorce, and she later remarried, and her new husband adopted Elizabeth. Oh, good for her. Yeah. At the time, men sentenced to death under Texas law were confined to the Ellis One Unit near Huntsville, Texas. Even on death row, O'Brien was shunned and despised by his fellow death row inmates for killing his child. He was Mm -hmm. absolutely friendless. The inmates reported uh, reportedly petitioned to hold an organized demonstration on O'Brien's execution date to express their hatred of him. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Fucking loser. I love that so much. My shock. Like, you're even hated by, like, the the biggest criminals. Yeah, you're such a piece of shit that that all other horrible, violent, awful... You're like, you're literally not even good enough for them, you're not even good enough for them. Wow. (laughs) So, okay, this part really fucking pisses me off because it's such a waste of resources. But O'Brien's first execution date was set for August 8th, 1980. So this is six years after the crime. His attorney successfully petitioned, however, for a stay of execution. Then a second date was scheduled for May 25th, 1982, which is eight years after the crime. That date was also postponed. (laughs) This kills me. Then Judge Michael McSpadden scheduled a third execution date for October 31st, 1982, the eighth anniversary of the crime. And he offered to personally drive O'Brien to the death chamber. <laughs> He's like, literally, I will fucking take you there. Like, let's go. Hop in the back seat. Get in, man. Buckle get in up. the car, loser. We're, go- we're, go- we're going to death row. <laughs> we're going to death row. <laughs> we're going to the Get death- in the car, loser. We're going to go ride the lightning. <laughs> All right. Please tell me they got to demonstrate. (laughs) No. Damn it. They should have. They should have. So it it was to have been the first time Texas um, 
did uh, execute an inmate actually by lethal injection. So they changed it from electrocution to lethal injection because it was considered to be more humane, I guess, which I think that if you get the formula wrong, it can actually be quite brutal. Yeah. But sometimes you wish that they get the formula wrong just so somebody can fucking suffer. I know it took Eileen Warnos a long time to die. And there was somebody else I was reading about lately or like, not long ago that like that they like drew the curtain during the execution because something was going wrong so nobody actually saw them die was it bundy i think it was bundy i'm not sure i'll have to look that up later well the freaking supreme court delayed the date yet again so god damn it (laughs) judge mcspadden didn't get to drive him to ride the lightning I'm fucked up. (laughs) So they did allow it to be delayed so that he can have a chance to pursue an appeal to seek a new trial, which I don't know on what grounds. Like, shitty fucking counsel? I don't know. I mean, like, they did use, like, a really shitty defense, but (laughs) maybe. But honestly, what other defense could it be? What other? I don't know. I mean, that's probably the only thing that they could possibly come up with. To, yeah, like, they were probably sitting there going. Insert some sort of, like, shadow of a doubt into right. the minds of the jury. So finally, a fourth date was scheduled for March 31st, 1984. O'Brien's lawyer sought a fourth stay on the basis that lethal injection was cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah, well, so is killing your eight-year-old son with potassium cyanide, you piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Thank the gods! On March 28th, a federal judge rejected the request for O'Brien to continue to um, waste taxpayer dollars. And March 31st, 1984, shortly after midnight, ten years after the crime... Ronald Clark O'Brien was executed by lethal injection in the Huntsville unit in Texas. Bye, bitch. Hallelujah. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Not even the other pieces of shit. <clears throat> yeah. So O'Brien's last words, this fucking guy, I hate him so much. I hate him so fucking much. Oh, my God. Quote. What is about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. However, as human beings do make mistakes and errors, this execution is one of those wrongs, yet doesn't mean our whole system of justice is wrong. Therefore, I would forgive all who have taken part in any way in my death. Also, to anyone I have offended in any way during my 39 years, I pray and ask your forgiveness, just as I forgive anyone who offended me in any way. And I pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us, respectively, as human beings. To my loved ones, I extend undying love. To those close to me, know in your hearts, I love you, one and all. God bless you, and may God's blessings be always yours. Ronald C. O'Brien. P.S. (laughs) P.S. During my time here, I have been treated well by all TDC personnel. Unquote. What? (laughs) Like, why am I not surprised that he used his final moments to fucking grandstand and talk about nothing at all, really, (laughs) but himself? Like, no one needs your forgiveness, dude. And we have already established that no one was close to you or gave a shit about you. Like, nobody needs to know that you love them. (laughs) You're wasting breath and time, sir. Yeah, the... the Ronald O'Brien is buried in Forest Park East Cemetery in Webster, Texas, nowhere near his son Timothy, who is buried in Forest Park Lawndale Cemetery in Houston. Thank the gods. (laughs) His lasting legacy is after O'Brien's crimes became public. Halloween safety programs were implemented in Pasadena and eventually nationwide, teaching parents methods for evaluating the safety of door-to-door treats by visual inspection. And it is the only documented case of a child being poisoned by Halloween candy. And not by a stranger, but their own father. The end. Awful. (laughs) The end. Fucking dick! Yeah, dude, he's a whole ass piece of shit. 
Like this guy gives me all kinds of negative feelings. <laughs> um, for this case, I looked at um, the Ronald Clark wiki page, the potassium cyanide wiki page. I looked at a website called in 2013 dollars, which is a good um, website to look at for like inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also murderpedia. Yeah. org. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, yeah. perfect. So I thought that was a good Halloween episode. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, just came to me one day. I was like, I'm doing that case. <laughs> Plus, I don't think I've ever heard it actually done. Oh, yeah. I read it about it somewhere. It was definitely fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and also really sad and also, like, enraging. Yeah, it's infuriating <laughs> for sure. What a waste of space. But also, I have to kind of giggle at the fact <laughs> that... <laughs> Even the inmates fucking hated him. Yeah. On death row. <laughs> like, he's even evil to the death row inmates. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, there is a line that can be crossed for these people. That motherfucker crossed cross all it. sorts of lines. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, do you have any missing persons today? Yes, I do. Let me pull them up. We have Ray Valdez jr from san antonio texas he went missing on june 14th 2022 his date of birth is july 26th 20 i keep wanting to say 20 2007 oh jesus christ so how old is he 15 okay he's male he's hispanic he's got brown eyes brown hair He's five foot three and weighs 120 pounds. He's small. He's a little BB. Aw. Uh, so, yeah. Like I said, he was last seen June 14th, 2022. And that's really all the information. It they has don't on say, him. like, where he went missing from or, like, what to look for missing or who he might from be with. Missing would be San Antonio, Texas. Oh, okay. But, and no, it doesn't say if, who he's with or Okay. And stuff. can you screenshot it and send it to me so that I can go ahead and post it on our Instagram eventually? Of course. As I do. Uh, anyway, so if you see Ray, please call 911 1-800-THE LOST, which is the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's 24 hour call center, or the San Antonio Police Department, which is 1 210 207 7273. And I'm pretty sure that you can remain anonymous when you call those numbers. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. All right. Any current events? This is our second episode that we're recording today. Yeah, so, so like, we don't really have any. We've already talked about stuff. Events. Yeah. Yeah, we already kind of talked about things. Um, the queen. The queen. The queen is dead. Her, her funeral. Long live the king. Her funeral is on Monday. Yeah. I was just, like, thinking about this last night. I was, like, sitting there going, so we're doing all of this stuff. And they're paying all this money. Thankfully, not us. Uh, But the UK is paying all this money. And then in a couple weeks. Well, I'm sure the Windsors paid for the funeral. The Windsors have their own money. Oh, no. I think the state pays for this. Are you sure? I'd have to look into that. I'm almost positive the state pays for it. But the Windsors are loaded, dude. I thought um, a lot of their money was in land. They do have a lot of land. That's true. And jewels. Yeah. But I thought a lot of it was more assets kind of situation than like actual. Like not liquid. I don't know. Yeah. I know like the, the boys each had like a trust or whatever. Yeah. They they had a trust from. I wonder if it's a family trust. I would be interested to see how that's set up. I wonder if I could Google it. Yeah, I'd be interested in knowing that. I know that like Harry was able to sustain them coming to America yeah, and having he was security because money. of his mom. Oh, and Michael Markle had her own money too. Like yeah. she was an actress. Yeah. I heard her podcast is kind of good. Oh really? I didn't know she had one. Yeah, she's got a podcast. Dude, now. she fucking slayed at the funeral. She dressed like Diana did. Mm-hmm. Um with that black dress and the big black hat and the red like brooch so many people hate her i know i really I like, like her. her i think that that's just inherent racism i think so too i and you know what i grew in deeper respect for her when i saw her at uvaldi oh yeah paying tribute to the victims yeah. she's the 
she's like she was Amer- she's up. an american princess now yeah she wasn't dressed up she looked like a regular person I'm do you sorry. know how fucking relieved I liked her. Harry must be now that he doesn't feel like he has to live up to royal standards and like dress a certain way, look a certain way, act a certain way. Like he can actually go out in jeans and a fucking t-shirt for once in his life. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I know that like a lot of people feel like he has a duty, but I just don't think like I think in his mind for a long time, like, do you remember the photos like a long time ago when he was like in Vegas and he Oh yeah, like, he used to party hardy. Yeah, I I have a feeling Definitely that maybe he streak. always felt like he had a duty, but I feel like he also in his mind was already like he doesn't want to do yeah. this. Well, I do also think that the royal family has a lot of control over the press and they basically suppressed bad things and wild things that William were doing and yeah. used the things that Harry was doing to sort of like overshadow that. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Just like they they did that for um like, they used Meghan Markle. They let the press lash out against her to cover up other shit that was going on. Yeah. Just ridiculous stuff. I don't Poor know. woman. I think, the like, the hardships that she went through and the way that she was treated by the royal family, honestly, and, like, how Harry stood by her side through that, mm-hmm. that made me love them more. Yeah. I like, like I said, I like the two of them. I know that people in Britain tend to not like them. They think that they're drama. They're racist. Dude, but it's like a real, like actual, real life fairy tale. <laughs> I think it's sweet. They could make a movie about their lives. I've seen, but I've seen like so. There was like a video I saw on TikTok of the two of them interacting with one another when they didn't think the cameras were on, mm-hmm. and it was so cute. Like this yeah. isn't a like, show. It's the one time you think like this is actual love. Like he doesn't give a fuck about his title. Like he literally gave it up literally gave up everything and moved there but i guess now that the queen is dead their kids will inherit titles or can inherit titles yeah they so they can decide not to let them have the titles and then once they turn 18 the, the kids can then decide yeah so now there's like the king and queen and then aren't william and kate are the prince and princess of cambridge cambridge and wales windsor Wales. Wales. Oh, Wales okay. and Cambridge. And then there, there's a third one. And I want to say that they also got Cornwall, too. Oh. And then... Um, why? Like, why? I don't why? know. Just all titles. I don't understand this shit. <laughs> I, was, I was, like, watching some stuff on TikTok and uh, from somebody that's actually, like, British, and I was, like, learning a whole heck of a lot. Like, I found, like, there's a hierarchy in yeah. when you're a duke and a duchess. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's a duke and duchess that you can be, and you just inherit it from your family. That's less, that's lesser than being a prince and princess. Yeah. But then being gifted duke and duchess from, like, the king or queen um getting gifted that title is higher than being a princess prince or princess hmm. i did not realize this there's a whole thing i should send you the link to her i i like her but she doesn't like megan and harry either Ugh. but she hates andrew well duh he's a fucking pedophile rapist hates him. racist pedophile rapist do 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 prince I, andrew i do i do think that like Charles really missed an opportunity in keeping Andrew from wearing military uniform, but whatever. I thought they stripped all of his titles from him. They did, but he was allowed to wear military uniform for the procession, and then uh, they did a, um, they like stood guard, like the four children stood guard by the coffin for a little while. So, and then he was wearing a military uniform as well. Uh, but apparently Harry now can, so for something that he's doing, he can now wear the uni- military uniform. Mm. I think there was too much lash. like Lashback? Yeah, or, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I, I don't understand who, any who of Who knows it. what they decide to, to do when... Well, Prince don't. Andrew should I be in jail. He should be stripped of all of his titles and military, um, like, ornaments or decoration or whatever. Yes. And um, I think that he should also, like, lose his trust fund and his money and have to go live in fucking poverty as the piece of sh- trash that he is on the street in a gutter. Street rat! 
<laughs> Somebody said that he should I be in Rikers. Huh? Somebody said that he should be in Rikers. Because I'm pretty here. sure every... But it didn't it happen in America? It happened in in New York, didn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I just know that there's a picture of him with his arm around the girl, and he still is denying that he's ever met her. What the fuck ever. <laughs> and anyway. guess who's in the background? Fucking Ghislaine Maxwell. Hi. Release the list. Release the list. Hi. <laughs> anyway. You're such a nerd. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's what's been happening. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Books, movies, shows, podcasts. We went over this on the last one. I don't yeah. really have anything additional really, to add. Really, I haven't had much chance Mm-mm. to do anything because I've been wor- working. <sighs> I actually really like my job, so <laughs> no complaints. But I kind of miss being able to watch whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Um. Anyways... You can listen to us on Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, etc. I think it's everywhere. If you found us, you know where we're at. But <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> please follow us. All the all of the places, though. Questions, comments, concerns, story requests, uh, niceties. You can email us at murderpornpodcast at gmail.com. Don't be a dick. Don't be dicks. Valid. Don't send us anything. Don't send us hate. Don't. We'll send you hate back, bitch. Don't send us flaming pile of poo. That's a whole ass thing. (laughs) Right. Maybe we should get a P.O. box. Not for poop. Maybe. Maybe someday when people like us. <laughs> they might like us after talking about my poop, my poop pop. <laughs> it's funny because it's called poppy and sometimes I want to call it poopy. poopy. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, we do have a website, y'all. Murderpornpodcast.podbean.com. Yes, my, my poop pop's gone. Um... Also, we have an Instagram, and the handle's Murd, M-U-R-D-P, podcast. On there, and also on our Podbean website, there's a link tree. You can go buy our merchandise. It's a lot of fun. Go get some. Yes. And also, there's a link to our Patreon, where you can give us money, so we can buy new microphones. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Help me, I'm poor. (laughs) Help me, I'm poor. (laughs) Alrighty, kids. Courtney has her own Instagram as well. It's Courtney underscore Ann zero point one. Allison's is Allison underscore Wonderland W zero N D three R L A N D. Also, on a completely unrelated note, um, well, it is related. Never mind. Anyway, so on a a note about instagram my stomach just growled so i do have a personal privatized instagram that's like mine my own it's private like if i don't know you i'm not gonna accept you i have had somebody like try to follow me oh yeah you told me that so just also she doesn't really post shit on there so like it's pointless to follow it there's really not much of a point to follow it but also like I, it's personal, so yeah. Please don't follow me. <laughs> Instead, go follow her on TikTok. Courtney underscore Ann one point zero. Yes, lots of missing kids and missing person stories. It's a good. It's a good one. She does like case updates and shit. I really like it. Also, a fun fun thing. I'm gonna be moving, so I'm thinking about doing some vloggy type things. I have a spam account. Same same handle it's like courtney underscore and 2.0 i'm finally giving you guys the spam account but i didn't know that was a thing yeah i have a spam account so i might be posting like vloggy kind of things like moving stuff moving stuff because i just thought it would be kind of fun to be able to sometimes do stuff like that. that on your other one like where you do filters and trendy shit yeah that but that's why i ended up doing like the spam account so i could keep one kind of more true crime and i can keep the other like more ah just understood. me just me so well you know how to do the ticky talky and i know how to do the instagram so. yeah she does our instagram <laughs> i'm not good with that <laughs> um other things that's it 
that's all of it that's all we got next subject we don't know courtney do you have any idea what you're doing for your next episode for following yeah yes i do oh you do i do well i don't it will come to me <laughs> and it won't be next weekend because that's my sister's wedding yeah it'll come to me i don't know what oh we've got I- three now in like the backlog mm-hmm. so so if you're hearing this you might be hearing it like three weeks from October. when we recorded it yeah Alrighty, kids, that's all we got. So we will catch you next time. All okay. right. Bye. Bye.